When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy, Ben Aiton and James Batchelor. We are back to talk about Watford's first game since that emphatic 4-1 win against Manchester United. Uh, we did end the podcast last week by saying, let's hope we can follow it up with a good result. Uh, <laughs> in true Watford fashion, unfortunately we couldn't. So we are going to be discussing a 4-2 loss at the King Power Stadium for Watford. Um, on Sunday afternoon, a very snowy King Power Stadium as well. Uh, before we, we get stuck into the action, because it, it was quite a... It, despite losing, it was quite an interesting game. Uh, so before we talk about all that, well, obviously, uh, I, like I say, I'm joined by Ben and James as per. So, Ben, um, how's everything been since the last time we spoke, mate? Everything been all good? Yeah, all good. I watched the Bake Off final last week. Um yeah. Bit, bit disappointed that Chiggs didn't win it. Anyone else watching? Spoiler alert, here? by the way. I mean, I don't watch it, but <laughs> hopefully everyone's caught up by now. Otherwise, you've just given it away for them. But... Oh, that's a, they've had a week to catch up. Um, yeah, we've, <laughs> I, we've had a few mentions in our... win from the very beginning, Ben. Oh, did you? Oh, you are a bad fan, James. I love it. I wouldn't say I'm a fan. I watch it, like, intermittently. But, but yeah, Giuseppe seems like a cool guy. Oh, What's going on with our celeb at the as well? Um, basically... They've not been filming, have they? No, so basically the um, that storm, I can't remember what they called it, I think it's Storm Arwen, um, it yeah. basically messed up the camp. So they oh. had to... It damaged the production hub where it was sort of filmed and that. So they've had to... Gotcha. Like, they've had to pause filming and then it starts again on Tuesday, the... 30th well tomorrow we recorded on Monday night uh, tomorrow it starts again so I don't watch I've not been watching it but um, I've got to a be new... fair it's, it's not been very good this season um, I think they're lacking the Australian um, yeah bit it, it's been really poor um, I'm considering switching off to be fair well um, I called Richard Madeley to win it and then he went and he, he went and sort of took a nasty turn and ended up having to be rushed to hospital and then he's left. So I'm not very good at calling these sort of things, but I'm telling you now... You've got a bet on that, did you, Mike? <laughs> no, luckily not. I'm telling you now, <laughs> the two people, one of the two people that will win it, I think it's going to be between Adam Wadjiat, uh, Ian Beale, for those that don't know his real name, 
uh, and Simon Gregson, a.k.a. Steve McDonald. Those two are brilliant additions. Absolutely superb. Steve McDonald um, is, is brilliant. I, I think he will win it. Personally. I think Steve McDonald edges it over um, Ian Bill. Yeah. It's Just watched him so far. His person- personality seems a bit better than Ian Bill. Yeah. Ian Bill seems like Ian Bill in real life. <laughs> He's lost a lot of weight <laughs> as well. He, he looks almost unrecognisable. Uh, He's he got has a lost on him. A lot. Who? Adam Woodyard? Yeah. Has he? Oh, sorry right, for you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know why I'm saying it. I'm looking down at myself and seeing my bed. So, um... <laughs> hey, the camera adds ten pounds, so that's what they say. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, I'm all good. Sorry, good. I just wanted to carry on our goggle pod um, from last week. But um, a few called it after us going off on the tangent talking about TV. But yeah, all seriousness, yeah, I'm all good, boys. Um, disappointed about the result yesterday, but I'm sure we'll get our teeth into it. Yeah, well, people will probably want us to talk more about uh, reality TV and, and TV shows after uh, losing to Leicester. But we, uh, oh, we perfect. Won't... Let's carry on then. Nah, Anyone else watch be... <laughs> um, Married at First Sight? No, we won't be watching. We won't be talking about that. I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> you don't know. I've watched some shit. You two. Uh, I've I've never even heard of that man. Um, James, how things? I'm all right, mate. I went. To, um, I went to a Christmas market on, on Sunday morning before the game, uh, saw Santa, I'm on his good list apparently, which which is great news <laughs> for me, looking forward to Christmas, looking forward to getting my presents from Santa, um, and obviously after that I settled down to watch the game, it wasn't that great, um, it's quite an entertaining game actually to, to be first in it, but, but, um, but yeah, it wasn't that great and it kind of ruined uh, the rest of my Sunday to be honest. Now... Some people might think you're joking there. Did you actually go and see Santa? Like, did you actually walk into a grotto? No, so what it was, so there wasn't my... So basically, it was set up in um, Redbourne High... <laughs> basically, set up in Redbourne High Street, and then Santa come along on, like, a tuk-tuk. So he was being driven along on, like, this tuk-tuk vehicle. Um, oh. And he was stopping at, at, like, every group of, every group of people. Um, so me and Santa had a lovely conversation. Yeah, twice for Christmas, and yeah, me and Santa got got with that arranged. What did you ask him for? Hang on, James. Was was you in a group of people? <laughs> no, I was with, I was like I was with my family. All oh, right. I thought you'd just gone down <laughs> on your own just to see Santa. And you thought, well, just to mom, see Santa. No. Mom, Dad, I'm nipping out for a couple of minutes. Santa's down Red Bull. No, I was, I was with like my mum, my dad, my nan, my nan come along for, for the trip, my little brother as well. So, so yeah, but don't worry. I'm, Everyone's I'm not, meeting Santa. Crazy, but... Oh, yeah. I feel a bit left out now. Um, <laughs> you you yeah. missed a trick not asking him for three points that day, James, because we really could have done with it. Um, unfortunately for us, I mean, I just I had my first postponement of, uh, of the season for my Saturday team. Um, Birmingham had quite heavy, well, heavy-ish snow on uh, on Friday night. So come Saturday morning, it was sort of melting, and then it started again apparently. Uh, so yeah, that we we fell victim to uh, our first postponement. Well, actually our second postponement, but the first one because of snow. Probably going to be a running theme for the next few weeks as well. Um, in, in in December, I I don't know what it's been like down near Hertfordshire but certainly where I'm living and, and back home it's it's been really well the the weather's been icy and, and really 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 cold um, although my Sunday morning game did get the nods to go ahead so I found that was a bit odd but I was gutted we didn't play Saturday because we had bottom of the league and um, they've only won once this season so um, yeah we 
we we should have really. That's a game we should really have been winning. So um, yeah, a little bit disappointed about that. But uh, it meant that I got to play football on, on Sunday morning. Then I get, get got to watch a game itself on a, on Sunday afternoon. I I was very very close to actually attending. Uh, so big thank you to those that actually replied to my tweets and Facebook posts, uh, and I think I put it on Instagram as well. Um, if my game was due to be called off on the Sunday morning, I was I, I was think because I live um, on the border of Nottinghamshire and Leicestershire, I was literally going to be like right. If the game's called off, then I will literally jump on a train to Leicester. It takes ten minutes from my local station, and I'll just go to the game. And I had about five or six people message me saying they had spare tickets. So if you're one of them and you, you happen to listen, uh, thank you very much for that. Um, and I, I did get back to everyone. So hopefully I've not ignored you. Um, so, yeah, uh, big thanks to that. But um, sort of glad I didn't go. Um, sort of, you know, I missed out on quite you know, a spectacular game, really, six goals. Uh, but as always, before we delve into that, we'll, we'll start with the team news. Uh, three changes to the Watford starting eleven. So Ben Foster missed out because of a groin injury. Ishmael Asar missed out because of a knee injury. And Nicholas Nkulu missed out with a hamstring uh, injury as well. So the, the team was Daniel Backman in goal. A back four of Adam Messina, Craig Kafka, Truster Kong, Kiko Femenea. Midfield three of Cleverly, Loser and Sissoko. And then a front three of Josh King, Emmanuel Dennis and Chucho Hernandez. Um, on the bench was Rob Elliott, Jeremy Ngakia, Danny Rose, João Pedro, Dan Goslin, Ashley Fletcher, Ozan Tufan, Christian Cabaselli and then the youngster, James Morris. Um, talking to James's James, we'll come to you first. That team news, bearing in mind with the injuries we had, do you think that was the strongest team we, we could have picked was there anyone in there that you maybe thought well he, he probably should have got a game instead I know it's easy to ask that now we know what the outcome of the game has been but in terms of before the game or was you relatively happy with that starting 11? Uh, no re- relatively happy I'd say I, I was happy the midfield three stayed the same after Manchester United cause I think I think they they put in some standout performances um, obviously if Nkuli was available I, I would have started him uh, instead of Trista Kong um, and the only change I would have made really would have been Hernandez out for, for João Pedro. I think João Pedro showed, um, you know, against Manchester United, he obviously has the quality to to, to play for, for the Watford first team. So for me, um, the only change I would, I would have made with, with the players available would, would have been João Pedro in, in for Hernandez. Absolutely. And Ben, do you agree with that? Would you have maybe brought João Pedro in? Were there any changes that you would have made looking at that team? Yeah, I agree with James. He... I think there was all the right changes. Like you say, maybe the only inclusion that you might have done is um, Joel Pedro. But where was you going to put him in uh, from? Um, would would you swap him with Saar um, because of his injury? Or would you um, just play Hernandez from the start? So that was the only one that I maybe would have thought about. It would have been, would I have started Hernandez or would I give Joel Pedro the, the nod? Um, but I, I think I would have gone with the same starting eleven. to be fair, with um, Claudio Ranieri. Um, and Ben, staying with you, obviously, going into this game, coming off the back of quite a win, you'd have thought tails would have been raised and, you know, everybody would have been, you know, really 
buzzing to get this game underway. Leicester had quite a big game in, in midweek in the Europa League, which they had to win to stay in the Europa League. They did win 3-1. Um, so, you know, maybe we were hoping there was a little bit of tiredness, a little bit of fatigue, but coming in off the back of a big result for them as well in midweek. What was your thoughts going into the game? Was you thinking, um, you know, momentum would be on our side or was, was you... Was you thinking maybe a draw will will have to do here? Well, after after we recorded last week, I think we was all a bit confident, thinking we could go to Leicester and get something. We, we need that consistency now. Um, great performance against Manchester United, picking up three points and scoring four goals against them. But then we didn't know the how long. Kule would be out injured before. We didn't know that Saar was going to be injured for this amount of time as well. Uh, we didn't know Ben Foster was going to pick up an injury in the week. Um, so all of that kind of changed my feelings towards the game as the week went on. Uh, we was waiting for the press conference a couple of days beforehand to see if they was going to be fit enough to start. There's been given no t- time on when they're going to recover from these injuries. So I, I actually went from being confident or slightly confident into this is going to be a long old day at the office. Um, yes, you can replace Ismail Assar. Um, I think we've seen it this season. Um, Ranieri's even said it in press conferences. He substituted him twice and Watford have scored four goals without him being on the pitch. So mm-hmm. replacing him wouldn't have been an issue. The main issue was being Kule at the back. Uh, and seeing Trucy Con come in, uh, we all saw the performance of Trucy Con yesterday. I think we can all agree that that wouldn't have happened if Inkule was on the pitch. Um, it was an atrocious performance from William Trucy Con, and it's not the first time we've said that this season. Um, you and me spoke about Trucy Con last week, Mike, didn't we? Um, we were sharing tweets of what we saw from his international duty with Nigeria, and he had a really poor performance for Nigeria as well. And all the Nigerian fans, all on Twitter, were completely slating him, saying, what's happened to Truce is, is woeful now, his distribution's poor, his positioning's poor, and and everyone was getting onto his back. And, and I was like, have you seen this, Mike? And he was like, yep. Uh-huh. Um, so Kiner was a bit a bit nervous seeing that he was going to start up against Jamie Vardy. And <laughs> look, the scoreline doesn't lie, really. Um, it was really poor defensive uh, display by him. So yeah, um, started the week being confident, ended the week being oh, God, this is going to be a long afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the the inclusion of Nkulu wasn't the only inclusion which I think people are a little bit worried about, James. Obviously, we've seen earlier in the season about this whole Dan Backman, Ben Foster sort of debate and Foster's backed it up with, with some really good performances, albeit, you know, results maybe have gone against us. But Foster's been a bit of a shining light in some of those defeats. Um, so we we thought you know well I I think it's it definitely has been ended now the debate but we we saw once again the debate of uh, Foster and Batman maybe come up um, there was a few uh, people you know we we were all surprised that Foster wasn't playing and it's now uh, this evening come out that. There was an article from Adam Leventhal to say that he could have possibly been injured in a charity game for Hashtag United, which was played last Wednesday. Uh, we, us three, were speaking before we recorded. Ben Foster has also come out and uh, and sort of tweeted to say, look, you know, the, the, well, 
I'll, uh, I'll, I'll read you the tweet itself. He goes, Hi guys, just to clear this up, unfortunately I injured my groin in training on the Thursday before the Leicester City game. Hopefully nothing too major. Um, it certainly had nothing to do with my 15-minute cameo in a charity kick about earlier in the week. Hope to be back soon. Um, straight away when that Adam Leventhal sort of article was released... And it said that it was possible that he could have, you know, received this, sort of picked up this injury. Twitter just sort of, the floodgates opened, didn't they, James? I know you wanted to specifically have a word on this. What what was it you wanted to uh, to have your say about? Yeah, I, I thought for me it's just, um, I mean, you mentioned that Adam Leventhal put it in, in his article. And if you actually go through and read that, that article... Um, you know, he, he never at any point says that is what has caused Foster's injury. Um, it's totally pure speculation on Adam Leventhal's part. And it was probably a deliberate decision to put that in there because it got a lot of Watford fans walking. Um, but a lot of Watford fans are obviously quite dumb because they've taken what is speculation to be true fact. Um and, you know, it, it's clear to me reading through through Twitter this evening and, and this afternoon that a lot of people who didn't like Foster anyway have kind of used it to, to kind of fuel their agenda against him. And um, it's disappointing for me, really, because, you know, I think what I just wanted to say is, you know, footballers um, do have lives outside of football. You know, Ben Foster goes cycling. He, he could have pulled his groin when, when he goes cycling. Um you know, everything you do comes comes with with some sort of risk. So for people slating Foster for, for playing in a charity game or or going cycling or, or whatever it may be, um, you kind of got to reassess. Um, I think people just have to reassess their thoughts in this situation because it was taken completely out of context. Uh, something that that was just pure speculation. So um, so yeah, that that's basically all all I wanted to say on on it really. And hopefully people have have, have, have calmed down about it now. Yeah, and I'd like to think that, obviously, listen, we, I, I don't like, really like talking about the whole Foster thing because, I'll be honest, it's boring. I, I couldn't give a shit, to be honest. Like, um, so, you know, I, I don't want to go into too much detail, but you'd like to think that the club would it would have their say and be like, right, we, we don't think you should actually play. Like, you'd like to think that, you know, if, if he was injured and... He maybe then played, and he, he was aggra- he was going to possibly aggravate it a little bit more. You'd think the club would step in, but yeah, I, I think a lot of people. When I first saw, I, I jumped on Twitter. I think after work, and I saw, can't believe Foster's done his injury playing for hashtag, and I was like, wait, what? Um, and then I saw an Adam Levensall. I saw the snippet from the Adam Levensall article, and I was like, right, but that doesn't actually say he's done it, and. Like I say, it just gets boring. Otherwise, I'd, you know, if it was fresh, I'd probably tweet about it a bit more. I'd, I'd definitely be sticking up for him and 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 whatnot, saying, listen, he doesn't actually say he's done it, but it's just so boring. Like I, I'm genuinely over the whole Foster. Why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? Um, don't get me wrong. There's things that he's done on the the, the channel which have done my head in. Um, it's not very professional. It's not really thought through. Maybe. Uh, but the the whole thing, you know, he's he's sort of pulled out some performances in recent games to suggest that, you know, it's not maybe taking over too much, and you know, he, he's he's doing as well as as best as he can in a Watford shirt. You know, I think against Arsenal, yeah, we lost one 0 
I think he was good that game. Um, he was good against Manchester United, obviously. You know, there's other games which he's kept us in as well. So, yeah, a um, little bit disappointed. But, Ben, I, I think it's it was a difficult day at the office for, uh, for Dan Backman, who only recently said in an article that he was dropped for non-footballing reasons and he sort of was making some big claims and he got his chance and he probably will get his chance again on Wednesday because that tweet from Foster doesn't sound like he's going to be back anytime soon. So Backman's got two big, big games to come up against and yeah, you know, he's, he's maybe been thrown back into the deep end a little bit with the two opponents we've got coming up but he certainly didn't help his cause on Saturday and... Um, as we've mentioned, Trooster Kong certainly didn't as well. 17 minutes on the clock. A long ball goes over. Routine. You'd expect the defender to get the head on it. But Trooster Kong's ducked under it. James Madison's there. Easiest goal he'll score in his career, probably. Um, that Musa Sissoko did say that um, there was a shout from Madison to, to leave the ball. And Trooster Kong obviously thought that was, um, that was Backman, which... Me and you did say, you know, if that is the case, then it should have been a yellow card and a free kick. We've suffered something similar before with Harry Arter and, and Bournemouth. But, um, yeah, Ben, for, for me, I think regardless of if you're shouting, if you're, if you're not sure, if, there, if there's a ball coming over, it's instinct. You've just got to head it. And then if, if it was Backman that called it, just apologise. Look, sorry, yeah, I should have let it come through. But at least you've dealt with the danger then. It's better to be safe than sorry. What's your thoughts on the goal? I think it gets worse every time you watch it. Um, he should have dealt with it straight away. At the end of the day, he's a defender and you defend your box. Um, I don't like the idea that he's left it to go over to his head. It looks like it was so last minute that he ducked out the way. He was fairly committed to do something there, like to head it away, but he's ducked last second because obviously he's heard the call from Madison behind. But it's just naive defending and causing issues for ourselves all the time. But it's it's all avoidable. Um, True Seacorn hasn't done himself any justice at all there. It's really poor um, from him. Like He's played with Backman for the majority of last season, for half of last season, from January last year. So he knows what he sounds like. Look, we've all heard Daniel Batman in the Hive games when there's no fans attending. We know how loud and vocal Dan Batman is. Yeah, I can't imagine James Madison does a really good Austrian accent yeah. to mirror he's, uh, that. He's from Coventry so as well, so he won't sound too dissimilar to me. <laughs> exactly. So um, it, It's just poor judgment. Really poor from True Seacon. You expect better from him. Well, I say you expect better than him, but his performances have been really poor. And I don't think we do expect much better from True Seacon at the moment, if I'm totally honest. And we're going to get onto the fourth goal later on. But I think the fourth goal is worse than the first goal on True Seacon's part. Um, really poor day at the office from him. It's a shame that we haven't got any centre ups at the club that's fit well, other than Craig Cathcart because. Crave Kakafakar at the moment is the best defender at the club. Yeah. Fit defender. And mm-hmm. uh, who would have said that a few weeks back? Look, we not all you. we all saw <laughs> not me. I hold my hands up. I said this the other day. Um um friend of the show, Sam Uko, was on Twitter the other day saying about um Crave Kakar and saying like how reliable he is now in 
that people were all quick to jump on his back saying how poor he was at the start of the season, but he's been really good of late. And I, I said, yeah, hands up. Like, at the start of the season, he was probably questionable and probably was at blame for a couple of the goals. But since Ranieri's came in, I think it's been really good. I think consistency as well from um, Trev Cathcart, um, leadership, positioning, throwing his body in front of the ball when it's when it's needed. And he just... He looks really good next to um, Kule. It's just a shame when True Econ comes in. It looks like there's no leadership between the two of them. They don't know what they're doing. But it's just really poor, mate. Um, yeah, it, it was just an avoidable goal. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And like you say, it's, it's routine stuff. If you, if if you're, you should have had the spatial awareness and, and everything else. That you know, I think James Madison was over on Kafka or he was on. Truce to Kong and when before the ball was played, because obviously when he received the ball, he looked massively offside. But when the ball was played, he was he was onside. So whether there needs to be better communication between Kafka and Truce to Kong to say, look, he's coming on to you now. Truce to Kong needs to be maybe more spatially aware or more aware of his surroundings. Uh, but that's rookie stuff, you know. You've you've got to deal with it there, and. Um, and and then if if it was Backman that did call it, then they he can they can bollock each other afterwards. He, he, at least it saves a goal then, which is which is the the main thing. But yeah, Truster Kong has not been up, up to the races at all recently. I I called him out after the Leeds game and, and got a few tweets back saying, you know, basically saying I was unfair to do so. Um, now you know, I think his performances haven't improved unfortunately yes he was brilliant for us we we have a lot to thank him for last season he was absolutely solid with CRL uh, and he was solid when he played but this season he, he's just not been able to make the step up just well he's not been able to make the step up as of yet so it um I, I really hope it does improve for him because he seems like genuinely a brilliant brilliant guy uh, and it's also funny as well how James mentioned agendas against certain players. Trooster Kong's now got a YouTube channel. He's been playing poorly. No one's blaming it on that. So, uh, but yeah, listen, I, I don't want to... Give it a week. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, 1-0 down, uh, unfortunately for us. And it was, um, you know, typical Watford. You know, the, the amount of times we've gone 1-0 down in a game. And I think it can definitely you know, get to us. But recently, you know, we have been playing a little bit better. You can see what Claudio Ranieri is trying to do. Uh, you know, Chucho Hernandez was close to an equaliser. Um, he had a shot from distance which deflected off the inside of the post. Uh, I, I think it, it hit the inside of the post and then um, was just about to hit the other post. But I think Casper Smichael smothered it. But 29 minutes on the clock, James, and a man that has gone truly under the radar, which is good. I'm happy. Um, he was, I think he's the first, there, there's a stat about him getting five goals and five assists. I don't think, think he's only the second player to ever uh, do it, or I, I'm not sure what the stat is. I really should get the stats before trying to trying to read them out. Maybe you know, James, but um, Dennis was fouled in the area by Ndidi. Clear penalty to me. Yeah, maybe Dennis has made a bit of a meal of it. But James, how good is Dennis? Like just getting at him, 
running at him. And that's what we want to see as well. We've gone 1-0 down. We could very easily start feeling sorry for ourselves. But no, we want to go for it. And Dennis is really trying, like, really making things tick at the moment for Watford, isn't he? Oh, he's a very, very, very beautiful man, Emmanuel Dennis. I mean, <laughs> he's just absolutely... <laughs> You know, he's, he's, he's fantastic. You know, three million pounds from from Club Rouge. I think I spoke a few pods ago, you know, we, we all kind of sat here and, you know, were a bit miffed off about the site and, you know, reading about his um, supposed attitude problems and, and stuff like that. But he's come in and I think the stat you were thinking of, um, if, if I recollect it correctly, was... Um, I think he's the sixth player in Premier League history to reach 10 goal contributions in under uh, in 12 games or under, which which is absolutely, um, you know, it's, it's fantastic. And, you know, to be honest, he's, he's not really being spoken about in the mainstream media at all. As, as you say, Mike, he's gone completely under the radar. And again, you know, winning the penalty for Watford, I don't think winning penalties... Um, counts as an assist, but it, it should it should do in my eyes because it ultimately led to led to Josh Keane, you know, banging it away and you know getting what back into the game. Yeah, very good penalty that was from um, from from Josh King, and he obviously then, as you say, stepped up and, and made it one-one, um, which which is what we we were sort of hoping for a bit of a sigh of relief, a breath of fresh air. Josh King, another goal for him, Ben, five for the season now. And we, listen, we, we've we've said it on many pods. He really is starting to show why we bought him, and he's starting to also be another brilliant, brilliant signing. Considering he costs nothing. Yeah, well, uh, lots of people are saying about the summer of um, the signing of the summers, uh, Emmanuel Dennis. I, I, I'd like to raise him, Josh King as well. Um, Josh King, like you said, didn't cost a penny. Um, come in. Point to prove, five goals this season, well on his way to double figures, leading the line for Watford. He's not just scoring the goals, he's leading the line, he's chipped in with a few assists this season as well. And he's just been brilliant. I think the way he combines with Ismail Assar, Emmanuel Dennis, Cuco Hernandez, on as well, he just links up with him really well, like he's played with him for years. Um, it's just a joy to see. It's, it's, it's just the, the front line of Watford at the moment, we're, we're truly spoil we've got so much talent going forward um it's just a shame at the other end um because you, you don't know which way it's going to go at the moment do you no definitely not and, and something else i want to point out as well so far already i mean how many games into the league are we, we 13 14 maybe um but the front three of watford have already got 15 goals between them the regular front three so ishmael Assar, emmanuel dennis and josh king both got five each and it's also brilliant to see as well we've got three players in the top 10 goal scorers of the league you know it's very rare you'll see a, a team like Watford have, have someone up there like that you know to occupying the company that they do uh, and considering where we are in the table as well that's a magnificent achievement um, so as, as we say Josh King Gets another goal, fifth for the season. My prediction of double figures is uh, slowly gaining some some speed. Uh, I, I certainly do think he will get there. You know, five goals already, and um, I, confidence will just grow and grow and grow with more games. Um, but yeah, so we we thought happy days. Thirty minutes on the clock, one-one. Let's you know. I, I said before the game, I would have happily taken a draw, but. That's not to say that I would have thought, right, let's sit back and, and sort of defend this and, and take the 1-1. I think Leicester were there for the taking. 
Leicester haven't been playing too well recently in the league, so maybe that would have knocked the wind out of their sails a little bit. But um, unfortunately for us, 34 minutes on the clock, James, and Jamie Vardy doing what Jamie Vardy does, and he finished from a tight angle and and, and put it past uh, Daniel Backman, and, and soon soon enough it was it was 2-1 and we was down again. And yeah, going forward, I think it, it's very fair to say going forward as... as you know, Ben's just said we look very, very exciting, but at the back we just we we're hopeless, aren't we, James? Yeah, I think again, um, Trust Kong losing his man, and, and by the way, Jamie Vardy was making so many runs in behind. He, he was he was relentless in in that sense, but the entire game, even from from the first minute, he made a really good run in behind, only only to be saved by by Dan Batman. So, so the threat was always there and, and ultimately that that time it paid Trumps and you know Batman you know comes rushing out and, and Vardy just you know dinks it over him. We know Vardy's got the quality to to do that. Um and yeah straight straight after Watford get back into the game, you know, we throw it away with with poor defending once again and just giving ourselves, you know, another another mountain to climb which which was really, really disappointing. Yeah, absolutely and you know, at 2-1, you're thinking, right, you know, we, we need to try and find a way in the goal. We know we've got the firepower to get goals. You know, Christ, uh, the games, um, the, the two games that Rani Airy has won, uh, we've won 5-2 and we've won 4-1. So, you know, we, we're no stranger to a goal. It, it almost seems like at the moment with Watford, we're either winning 4-1, 5-2 or, or, or we, we could be getting sunk. I know, obviously, we've... We lost. We only lost one 0 to Arsenal, but we're so unpredictable at the moment. Like I would, I would genuinely say that Watford are probably the worst team to have a bet on in in the league. Like I, I'd never bet on Watford anyway. But if you're like a, a neutral, you you can't bet on Watford from one week to the next. You can't think well Watford are, they lost last week, so they're going to lose again because we'll we'll somehow pull this magnificent you know, victory out the bag and score loads of goals. So, with, you know, at 2-1, I thought, OK, maybe they, we, we can get back into it. And, uh, you know, there, there was another chance with Madison. You know, they had a really strong spell before the end of the first half. Madison really pulling the strings and running the show for Leicester. He cut in, uh, inside on his left and um, he missed uh, a chance. But three minutes later, corner for Leicester. Uh, and and Ben, I think it was really really poor. I know we've just talked, we've we've sung his praises, but poor marking from Josh King. Jamie Vardy rises the highest at the near post. Josh King goes up as well, but he, I think, I genuinely think he's just jumped for the sake of jumping to look like he's trying to stop it. He's not made any attempt to try and actually win the ball back. Um, people might think I'm being harsh, but I think it was terrible marking. And Jamie Vardy, like I say, peels off the front post, heads it in, and. It's a poor goal to concede in my eyes, and and we're three one down right on the stroke of half time, which is the worst time to concede a goal. Yeah, um, I, I saw this last week coming. Um, Josh King was marking Cristiano Ronaldo last week, and I was like, that's a bit of a weird pairing up. Um, you normally get maybe a a bigger centre half or someone a bit taller to be marking them. Um, Especially knowing how good Cristiano Ronaldo is in the air, uh, you have got Jamie Vardy who's who's paired with again. It was like the attackers marking the attacker, and you just know that. I, I, I know Josh King will probably know what he's what Jamie Vardy's thinking, and he's going to try and lose him uh-huh. his man here and there. But B 
being a defender in that situation, you're kind of you don't you're too slow to react. And Jamie Vardy was so quick to get those four or five yards on top of him there. But I don't think it's just down to Josh King on how we conceded that goal. You got to put men on the post. If yeah. there was another man on the post there, that's another goal we're talking about that's avoidable because that would have been cleared away out for a throw, out up the pitch, and we, we could have reset and just carried on. And then we're going at half time 2 1. Us not having a man on the pit on the post there cost us a goal. Um, so I'm going to put that down to Ranieri. Um, that, that was his fault for obviously setting up a set piece like that and not having anyone on the post. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, Backman. Well within his role, you you have to command that that eight that that six yard box. You have to command that penalty area as a goalkeeper. So you know he, he should have maybe thought, right, I need someone on the post there. You know it wasn't the first corner they had. I don't think so. They they would have known people do their homework. You know, cross have set piece uh, coaches nowadays. So he should have been picked up as you say. But I thought it was really really poor marking from uh, from Josh King and. An, an, an easy goal for for Jamie Vardy. He, he'll he'll score probably five or six of them a season if if the defenders allow him to. So a proper off the training ground goal that was for for Leicester City. Um, so as I say, going into the break at three one, really really disappointing. Um, I was fearing the worst. I really really was. You know, going in three one, the Leicester were you know they they, they smelt blood. They really really did, and I thought. We could be in trouble here if, if we're not careful. Um, and obviously the snow was coming down as well. So that, that probably didn't help things. Second half, James, we saw a double substitution at half-time. Tom cleverly off and Ivan Loser off. And then Urzan Tufan on and João Pedro on as well. Very, very attacking from Claudio Ranieri. Um, do, 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 he had to do that, didn't he? Uh, I, I found the the two fan substitution a bit odd, just because. Um, well, to, I mean, if I'm being honest, I've, I've not been overly impressed with, with two fans since he's arrived at Watford. I don't think he's he's contributed um, an awful lot when he's been on the pitch. And you know, I, I liked having you know Tom Cleverley's work rate. As as we say all the time, you know what you're going to get with Tom. We saw that against uh, Manchester United. So so I was disappointed. Um, in that sense, with the substitution, but, but as you say, I, I could understand why why Ranieri made it. Tufan is, um, you know, he, his mindset is is to drive forward with the ball, and I can understand why he made that change. Um, and Jao Pedro for for loser, you know, as me and Ben said earlier, you know, we wanted Pedro to to start the game, and you know, he he come on, and you know, you could see he was determined to to make an impact, and. You know, he very nearly did at times, and you know, unlucky. You know, whether it be be due to due to the weather or, or whatever. But yeah, I, I could kind of understand what Ranieri was going with, albeit I wasn't wasn't that happy with with Tufan coming on just because um, I, I, I'd not you know I'd not seen a lot of him um, in a Watford shirt really. Do you not think that Tufan's a more attacking option than loser though? And, and Ranieri was just thinking, right, we're three one down now. We, we've just got to go for it. And loser is more of a defensive. Or he has been playing as more of a defensive midfielder. Um, Tom Cleverley, yeah, bit bit of an odd one. It didn't really. I don't personally think he really got into the game as much as he he would have done. Um, well, as much as he did, sorry, against Manchester United. So, yeah, you know, maybe on that point, I can understand why he come off. But with loser as well, was would you not think that maybe it was just purely down to the 
attacking intent, or were you still a, a little bit puzzled as to to why that was? Would, would you have kept it? Would you have kept it how it was, or would you have changed somebody else, brought somebody else on instead of two fans? Well, we don't really have many other options to bring on, yeah. to be honest. I, 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 don't, I, I don't really know, really. I think, I think two fans more physical. I'll give him that. He's, he's got a bigger build to him. I think Imran loses quite slight. Um, and yeah, in, in recent games, when, when losers played, he, he has played more deep. But you know, as Ranieri has said in, in his press conferences, you know, the whole idea with loser is to eventually play him, you know, in a more advanced role and, and creating chances for, for, for players. So. Um, I was just disappointed because I think Loser had a great game against against United, and I just yeah. I just want to see him play play some more football. Yeah, absolutely, and you know maybe the, where the change is obviously made in in the eye of hopefully a more attacking intent, almost paid off. Ben, fifty minutes on the clock. How on earth? Why on earth? What the bloody hell? Chucha Hernandez got forward. All he needed to do was shoot, right? All he needed to do was shoot. Instead, he passed to King, and then King went and missed. I mean, I think King should have scored that. Whether the snow had anything to do with it, I don't know. But, Ben, surely you're in the same view as well. Chucho Hernandez just has to shoot. And also, I don't know why he didn't, because that's all he seems to bloody do, is get it on the inside, cut inside, <laughs> and use his foot. That's he, always, he only seems to shoot from the edge of the bloody box. So... What was going on there, Ben? I'd like to see the angle behind the goal because watching it back, it looks like maybe his view is kind of blocked by maybe two less defenders there. So maybe he thought, if if I lay this off to King, he'll probably have a better opportunity to score. But he also had Dennis, who was in acres of space there, where he could have laid it off to him as well. But I think King was expecting him to shoot, wasn't he? So then King's positioning wasn't great. He, he took a touch when it came to him. And then by the time he took that um, touch, Schmeichel was charging down to him and made a decent save. But yeah, like you said, Chucho Hernandez, every time he cuts in, he always takes a shot. So it was a bit puzzling to see him actually be like that nah, hang on I'll, I'll lay this off my teammate and he'll have a better chance of sh- shooting but he delayed the pass into Josh King and and Sir Michael made a smart save so it, it's just frustrating but I'm surprised you actually saw that chance mate because second half I couldn't see that ball yeah it was really tough watching I managed to find a stream I think James you said you you found a stream as well um but uh, it, it really really was tough to see where the ball was like also as well, I think I, I think it was um, I can't remember who it was on on Twitter. It might have been Thomas James Designs said that um, our kit looks mint in the snow, which is absolutely spot on. Um, I, I really liked the the yellow um, in the um, in the snow. It, it really really stood out, but. The ball. I didn't think that you was a fashion expert, Mike. No, no. I just think I, I don't know what it was. Uh, it seems more vibrant. The yellow did, like it was yeah. almost glowing in the snow. And I was like, I really like this because we only tend to wear our yellow kit at Leicester. It's always has been the case. We've I, I struggle to remember a time where we've worn our away kit at Leicester. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. You know, blue obviously wouldn't clash with. Um, the an, an away kit, not that I well maybe the FA Cup final season uh, where we had a blue away kit. Uh, other than that, I can't really remember a time where it would have clashed with Leicester. So 
not really sure why we 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 up to wear the yellow, but it was a bloody great decision that day because I I, I thought. <laughs> You know, if only the ball was the same colour as the kit, we'd have had no problems. But oh my that... gosh, well, it's meant to be the winter ball, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it should be bright orange or bright red. Well, the um, the the winter ball is brilliant, by the way. It got a lot of stick when uh, when it was. Oh, first yeah, it worked lit. yesterday, didn't it? But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I, I like the design of it, but Christ Almighty! Do you know it, it, the, that winter ball? If you want to buy it from Sports Direct or wherever, do you know how much it is? Probably about 60, 70 quid. £142 on Sports Direct. That, that must be... Um, wow. Because I, I think you can get a replica and then you can actually get like um, a, a, a proper match ball they use in Premier League matches. I think that's probably the difference that, that you're looking ah, at. Ah, right, OK. Yeah. I was looking or you go at Sports get Direct and get it for 15 No, no, Sports <laughs> Direct had it one four two. I was like, what? No, it's, it's like um, it's like us buying replica shirts from, from the Watford shop and the actual player wear shirts. I think, I think that's the difference there. Can... Is there a difference? Can you buy player wear ones or? Yeah, I think they're a tighter fit. I think they 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 oh, they're Jesus. more tailored to your body. Yeah, maybe not then. I didn't uh, know you was into fashion, James. Yeah, calling me out. Mm. I've, I've, I've always known that. I thought that was like a common commonly known like football fact. I, I didn't know that. I, I to be honest, I, I locked, because of lockdown, I've been struggling to fit into any kit. But uh, I didn't know you could get a an actual like player made sort of. Fit, tailored fit. I, I know, like the big, the big teams do it, like United, Chelsea, City. But I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure if Watford actually actually sell them. But yeah, you know, money making ploy. That's why. That's any <laughs> anything to get their hands on some more money. Uh, I do know, interestingly, um, just about kits. The Liverpool one, I think it's from this season. Have they got that blue and white away one this season, or was that last season they had that? Um, it was like a weird pattern. I'll do a quick Google. It, it was like, almost like two seconds. It was work? all. It was almost like an aqua kit. Like it was. It it was a bit of a weird colour. Um, they've got a white. They've got a white away kit this season. Right. So it must have been last season. But their kit, like it was. It it was a specific pattern. Um, like I'm, I'm sure people will know which kit I'm talking about for Liverpool. But every kit was was different. The pattern was never the same. On like any like the the kit the pattern was different on every kit basically and it was made it was because of recycling so um no pattern was the same on any any two kits or any i just kit. sent it through on whatsapp mike so yeah that's the um yeah that's the one that that the one that you've 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 just sent me uh people are going to be listening to this thinking have these boys lost the plot but yeah i just thought it was an interesting <laughs> point to make whilst we're talking about fashion and kits and everything so Kelme, if you're listening and you like our chat then send us a free shirt um but yeah no um yeah so i i i don't know how we missed i mean obviously king was was the last person to be expecting the ball to roll to his feet um, but I certainly th- thought we, we should have had a goal back there and you know it would have been in, in ample time as well to maybe get one back. But it wasn't too long before we did get a goal back, 11 minutes after that glaring opportunity for Chucho Hernandez. And this is why we love the guy so much. Emmanuel Dennis, just he just does not stop running. And like it's just the persistence of our front three. Like, I genuinely, I had, obviously living where I live, a couple of the lads around here are Leicester fans. I had one of them message me who was at the game, um, and then I another lad that I know who lives in Birmingham. He's also a Leicester fan, 
Um, and he sometimes listens to this. So if you're listening, Jake, uh, you know, I, I did say I, I wished him the worst day possible on Sunday, but he's got the last laugh. So, uh, But both of them, interestingly, actually both said the same thing. Going forward, you're very, very, very good. At the back, you're a shambles. Um, so, and I think this goal, the the Emmanuel Dennis goal, sort of highlighted that he just just does not stop running, and he stole the ball off Castagna. He went down like a, a sack of potatoes, and you know I think maybe the authorities were looking for the sniper in the crowd after he went down like that. But um, he then went through on goal. He sat Schmeichel down and he chipped it, cool as you like finish. No pun intended with the weather because at that stage I could not see a bloody thing. I had to wait for the commentator to say that it had gone in and I had to wait for the noise of the crowd to celebrate because I genuinely did not know if it had gone in, if it had gone wide, what had happened. But to keep your composure in weather like that, I mean, Josh King said at the end of the game he couldn't see a thing and I'm sure it's incredibly difficult to play in the weather like that. So to then go and pull off the finish that he did Emmanuel Dennis like we've said Ben Emmanuel Dennis is vastly becoming he's he's my he's now my Watford favourite Watford player after Troy Deeney and that's quite a step up because Troy you know Troy's Troy isn't he but Emmanuel Dennis is, is slowly taking that crown uh, not only as well because on Soccer AM he did that thing with Josh King where you get given a topic you have to you, you you then say oh, how live, many of those topics... Called, isn't it? Yeah, so he was given the topic of boy bands. He then had to say how many he could name. Josh oh, King he could named call him Westlife, out on it. didn't he? He named Westlife <laughs> first. So he's very, 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 very good. And he's uh, he's vastly becoming my favourite player. But all seriousness, Ben, brilliant finish for Emmanuel Dennis. And he... Let's just hope that... He, uh, he doesn't get called up to Nigeria because AFCON starts soon, doesn't he? Yeah, but you just know he's going to get called up, don't you? Unfortunately, he, I said last week that I'm worried about it approaching AFCON um, and he's kind of playing his way into the, the selection for the for that competition and I kind of want him to go under the radar a little bit, but he um, got fouled for a penalty and then he scores and it was like... <laughs> He, yeah. he didn't listen to the podcast, obviously. Um, didn't didn't listen to our advice, but yeah, really good um, from Emmanuel Dennis. You can see what Ranieri's trying to do with the attackers. It, it's setting that high press, isn't it? And he, um, Dennis had that high press with that. Um, when he took the ball off a defender there and just ran through, but what was he? He just made Schmeichel go to ground too early because he kind of faked a shot. Yeah. And Schmeichel went down early, and once he was on the floor, he just chipped it over him. But it wasn't just like a, a, a like a, a, a quite a high chip. He did it so faintly just to yeah. like take the piss out of Schmeichel. I thought <laughs> it was really smart. Yeah. yeah. No, it was. It was a proper cool finish, and he, it, he, he was taking the mick out of him, wasn't he? He was, yeah. he was saying, "Hey, I'm going to do this, you mug." Yeah, exactly. And then they were moaning, saying Castagna was fouled. And then it was going to VAR. It took a while. I was like, surely not. Um, and luckily for us, uh, they didn't give it. I forgot who they said was on VAR. I'm surprised VAR could even, could even <laughs> see, see what happened with the conditions. It was Martin Atkinson, I've just remembered. Martin Atkinson was on VAR. And on my stream, they showed Stockley Park, which I think they should start doing more often. Because you could see Martin Atkinson pointing at the screen. 
obviously saying, look, this is what's happened, this is what's happened. Yeah, you, uh, you, don't, you don't get that view on Sky or BTV. They I never show the stuffy part. I don't know if they're allowed. Because Maybe I was watching a stream, which was, um, I think, my stream, although it was English commentary, I think the stream channel itself, I could probably get myself in a lot of trouble with it by saying all of this. So hopefully no one high up is listening. <laughs> but my stream, I think the channel was a Japanese channel. They obviously had English commentators, but they could they they can show what they want, man. They like, yeah, they're they're laughing. They are, um, but yeah, three two, and I thought yes, we. I, I genuinely thought right, momentum's with us. The snow's going to cause havoc. Yes, for both teams, but I thought we we could really like use this in our favour. Um, and like I say, Leicester probably would have been thinking that as well. But I thought you know. That goal showing that we're still pressing high and we, we still want it and we're still hungry. So 3-2 and I thought, yeah, we're back in. We really, really are. The, the snow was getting heavier. The, it was harder to see. I think they'd stopped the game as well because Stuart, um, uh, I can't remember who it was that was refereeing. My memory is terrible this week. Um, was it Stuart? Was, oh yeah, it was uh, Andy Madley, wasn't it? Um, Andy Madley had the uh, the the pitch people come on and uh, sort of clear the lines again so they could see. Um, but what really knocked the wind out of our sails, James, was just after we scored, eight minutes later, Luckman taps in um, uh, into an empty net and makes it 4-2. Um, James, was it a foul on Messina for you? Because it certainly looked like it. VAR looked at it, but they they didn't really care. Now, whether the the hindered view was a possibility, I don't know. But w- w- would you say it was a foul on Messina? Or? Yeah, I think so. I think the Leicester player basically just, just trod in his foot. And, you know, whenever that happens, if that's happened to you in real life, you know, it, it, it does hurt a lot, especially if, if you've got metal studs on or, you know, you do it with a lot of force. So, you know, it, it was a foul. But, but ultimately, you know, we can't change that now after the fact. Um, and yet, just going back to the goal as well, I, I know Ben mentioned it earlier, and I don't know if he wants to speak about it, but Trooster Kong um, was, was kind of having to cover for Messina because obviously where, where the goal was actually scored at, at, at the far post, mm. um, that's where Messina probably would have been defending. Um, and Trooster Kong just, he, he looked lost. Like his, his lack of awareness about, uh, you know, around what was going on around him was just, um, you know, a, it, it, was, it was astounding to watch really. And just it was just devastating because... You know, when we scored, when Dennis scored that that goal to make it three-two, you know, I was kind of thinking, you know, are we going to get a repeat of Everton, where where we go and win this game four-two, five-two? Um, but no, obviously that didn't happen. And you know, Lookman obviously scoring one of the easiest goals he'll whoever scoring in pretty much an, an open goal. Yeah, we'd have had a job winning the game four or five-two because when Dennis scored, it was three-two. So, Sorry, you, you know what I meant. You know what I meant. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you meant. Um, and then we, we, we've just been talking about how good Dennis is and how we hope that he don't get called up to Nigeria and everything else. Um, I, I, an article's come out today on the Watford Observer that Ranieri doesn't know how long these injured players are going to be out for, which a couple of people have made some very good points. The last few years, our medical, our injury record has been horrendous. Surely the club are looking into that. I do not know. Um, but... 
Emmanuel Dennis w- w- went down injured. Uh, I can't remember exactly w- what the challenge was. I think it was a challenge down near, um, down near our sort of corner where where our corner would have been taken if we won one. Um, he was chasing the ball as he does, uh, and I think someone left one in on him. And then obviously Messina from that goal was also injured. We'd already made uh, two subs at that point, so it it was really like. Right, who are we keeping on? Who do we, you know, take off? And they opted to take off Emmanuel Dennis. Ashley Fletcher come on in the 72nd minute, um, and we um, we we just we. Other than I think there was a chance where Tufan couldn't connect. A, the brilliant ball, by the way, from from Kiko Feminia, but Tufan just couldn't get to it. Um, but it, it was. Um, it really was one of them days. I mean, there were seven minutes added on in the end, Ben. Was you thinking even at 4-2 that there was uh, there was a chance of maybe coming back? You know, seven minutes left there was. Maybe one goal would have sparked a bit of a reaction. Or did you think, right, it's 4-2, unfortunately, uh, this game's sort of out of our reach now? Yeah, when it was seven minutes came up, I didn't fill me with much hope, to be fair. Because, um, like you said, we didn't really have many big opportunities after the Dennis goal. I know Tufan didn't really connect with it properly, but apart from that, there's not much to sing home about. Um, really poor finish to a game, maybe. I, I just didn't see us getting anything out of that. I think heads dropped after seeing the injuries as well, seeing Dennis go off. I think heads will drop, and I'm not looking forward to next week, mate. With with the injuries we've picked up last week, two more yesterday, it would be all right if maybe we're playing like a Norwich or a Burnley, we're playing right. City and <laughs> Chelsea. Um, I'm not looking forward to it at all. Well, Norwich keep picking up points. They're, uh, I think they're unbeaten in three, so um, yeah, that that's also a little bit worrying, but. He wasn't to be for us uh, in Leicestershire, you know, really, really good opportunity to get another point. I think we said before the this horrible running that we're currently in at the moment, I think I said that we were going to beat Man United. I'm taking that to the grave, so I'm going to keep mentioning that, boys. Don't you worry about that. I'm going to milk the life out of that, uh, me calling that. But um, I also said that I thought we could have got a point against Leicester as well, and I... I'd, I li- well, I'm disappointed because I actually don't think we we were that bad. I mean, defensively we were, but going forward, I, I thought we created enough opportunities. And you know, on another day, if we had maybe Inkulu or if we had Sierra Elsa or someone else, um, you know, it, it would have been a different score, and we we perhaps would have been talking about a point gained or maybe even three points gained. But um, it just shows that Claudio Ranieri. You can sell what he's trying to do because, you know, I'm, I'm at risk of sounding like a broken record. But going forward, we actually look like we've got some sort of substance. We know what we're doing. There's a plan behind how we're trying to play. But at the moment, the defensive frailties are really letting us down. And obviously, Nkulu, we don't know how long he's going to be injured for. Uh, Cabaselli was on the bench. Um, would you come to... Let's go to you, James. Cabaselli was on the bench, obviously. Going forward, we've got Chelsea uh, on Wednesday and we've got Man City on Saturday. Would you be tempted to throw Cabaselli in instead of Trooster Kong or do you think he'll stick with... Do, or do you think he will do that? Because I could very easily sit here and say, would you? 
because everyone would, because Truce to Kong hasn't been great. But do you think that he will bring Cabaselli in because of Truce to Kong's performance? Or do you think he'll just want to keep it how it is because of the, the, the injuries and he won't want to risk Cabaselli? Um, I think with Cabaselli, it's a difficult one because you obviously want him to, to get back into the team and, and get back up to, to match sharpness. However, you know, do you really want to throw Cabaselli in to regain his match sharpness against Chelsea and Man City? Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if, that, that, if that's a great idea, especially considering he's been out for so long. You know, would, would Ranieri make that change? No, I, I'd, I'd actually rather we played um, Adam Messina at left centre-back bring Danny Rose in at left-back and then play Cathcart next to Messina. I'd rather do that than, than kind of throw Cabaselli in, in at the deep end, just because, you know, the calibre of, of opposition we're, we're coming up against in, in the next week is, is very, very high. And, you know, I, I don't really want Cabaselli to, to, you know, his, his first match back, I don't want him to get, you know, run around by, by Lukaku. Yeah, that's quite a scary thought. Ben, what about you? Uh, James just mentioned there, maybe bringing Adam Messina in at left centre-back and maybe Danny Rose in at left-back. What what would, what would do you think should happen? Do you think he should stick with Truce to Kong uh, because of his... Uh, I say experience, but you know what I mean. Like His experience in this squad, you know, he's played so many handful of games and, you know, he, he might... I th- it's so hard to sum up. I was going to say he might be the best that we've got, but he, he's, he has been poor for the last few games now. What what would you do? Would you stick with how it is defensively or would you maybe throw Cabaselli in the deep end or would you switch it up and maybe play some other players, uh, maybe switch it around, move it around at the back? I'd rather play Rob Elliott, mate. <laughs> in centre-back. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um I, th- I think the game's it's one game too early to put Cabaselli in. I think you, not, there's probably more of a chance of him starting against Manchester City just to get him another week's worth of training under his belt before throwing him in at the deep end. Um, but maybe Ranieri's looking at it thinking he's been back full training for it probably be about two weeks, ten days building up to a Chelsea game. He would be up against his Belgium international teammate uh, Lukaku. He might know how to how best to handle Lukaku because he's, he's played with him on international duty and he knows him well outside of football as well. So I'm thinking maybe Ratanieri might be thinking that. He, he might not be, um, but I don't think Ranieri would be very happy with Truce Econ's performance at the weekend. Mm. Um, a lot of people, well, Ranieri has said that um, Sissoko have both said we need to cut these errors out of the team. If, you want, if you're serious about cutting these errors out of the team, you need to take Truce Econ out of the team because um, he, he's doing them week in, week out at the moment. Uh, he was to blame for two of the goals at the weekend, two goals that was avoidable. Um, so if, you, if, you, if you're serious about cutting out these mistakes, you need to take true sequence out of the team. I know it probably sounds harsh. There's people out there who probably doesn't, don't agree with me. But like James says, yeah, we don't have much options. So I would do the same as James. Stick Adam Messina left centre-back. What, what else could we do? There's not much else we can do. If you don't want to risk Cabaselli yet, just put Messina in there. Um, you've got his height. He's quite a strong lad as well. I think he might do an all right job against Lukaku. Well, no. well he's, 
Lukaku's probably going to run all over him, isn't he? To be fair, but look, we haven't got many options at the moment. But I think Messina up against him would probably be better than Trusi Con in his current state of mind. Yeah, it'd be interesting with Lukaku because I don't know if he's going to be playing um, because he's only just come back from injury, hasn't he? And I think he, he come on against Manchester United uh, yesterday. He come on for the last eight minutes, uh, and then before that. Uh, I want to say, well, he was on the bench for their 4-0 win against Juventus and he hasn't played uh, since the 20th of October and he hasn't actually played a full 90 minutes since the 7th of October when it was Belgium against France um, and then the his last 90 minutes in the league was the 2nd of October. So he, um, I don't know whether they'll actually end up throwing him in at the deep end and starting him. I'd imagine he will play a part but I can't throwing him in at the deep end to play uh, against Watford and True Seacorn no, no, no I mean they, they won't want to risk that's him that's easing him back in <laughs> they won't want to risk him because he's just got back from injuries what I, what I was getting at but yeah no I know how it sounded uh, what this what makes me sort of surprised is I, I, listen I'm not saying find, find them and, and throw them in you know throw them in, give them a baptism of fire against Chelsea and Man City. But we saw James Morris was called upon into the matchday squad. Uh, and I think the um, the Scottish goalkeeper, uh, Vincent, um, I, I can't pronounce his last name. Angelini. He was also part of the travelling matchday squad that went to Leicester. Um, so it's quite clear that they, they sort of keep an eye on the under-23s and obviously... Those two were probably more to do with the injuries we've got at the moment. But what I can't believe is surely we've got to have a centre-back who's not out on loan in the under-23s. We could even stick on the bench just for experience. We did it with James Morris. He's a left-back. And we already had um, we already had Danny Rose on the bench, who's a, who's a left-back. We've got Ngakia on the bench, who can play left-back. And uh, look, I mean, this is a real last resort. But surely we've got a centre-back in the... You, in the under-23s or the, the youth team that we can even put on the bench just to give them that matchday experience. I, 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 listen, I don't know, but I was very, very surprised and that we haven't seen it as of yet and I, I thought we might have seen more. But um, Yeah, so unfortunately it wasn't to be for Watford's uh, really, really disappointing day at the King, uh, King Power. We just, we cannot seem to, we, we just do not like winning there. I can only, you know, remember a small amount of games where we've actually won at the King Power. I think I was there for the last one. Uh, I think, if memory serves me correctly, the last time we beat Leicester at the King Power was when um, was when Chalaba scored that absolute thunderstrike. So, I'd, I'd correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the last time we won at the KP. So, um, yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm sure yeah. I said something on Twitter about, about it being that long. So, yeah, yeah so... Not not a happy stomping not a happy stomping ground for us. Or, a, or was that at home we beat them we beat them a few times at home, yeah, especially yeah. in recent seasons, haven't we? Absolutely. Well, Brendan Rodgers' first game as Leicester manager, we won two one. I was there for that. Andre one Gray scored in that actually. He did last minute. Yeah, I was there for that game. Um, I think Jamie Vardy scored for them. He always does. Always scores against us. Troy Deeney scored for us. He was offside. These it, this was the season before VAR was brought in. Um, so thankfully for us, we benefited from that because he was offside. And then yeah, Troy and Andre linked 
to uh, to to get the winner. It's uh, not very often we've said that on this podcast. Um, sticking with injuries, just a, a bit of injury news just to finish off the podcast. Uh, Ken Semmer, uh, he's been running outside this week. He's been stepping up his recovery from a from a knee problem and uh, hopefully rejoins the squad next week. Sierrelt has been working hard as well in the gym during the first stage of his uh, rehabilitation uh, following the hamstring injury he picked up for playing for Chile. Quadro Barr remains in the early stages of his recovery. He's been, uh, he, he, he had successful surgery on his fractured ankle. Uh, I had a fractured ankle a couple of years ago and it's really, really horrible. Uh, and I, I think I've actually done something to it again, but yeah, it's uh, it's not nice. Uh, and then Peter Retabo's also been stepping up his work in the gym, and he's progressing well from his quad surgery. Um, and then just just a bit of sort of general news coming out of Watford, really. Um, the, uh, just a couple of bits to end the pod on. You might have seen in the week that um, honorary life president Elton John is to play two nights at Vicarage Road as part of his award-winning Farewell Yellow Brick Road final tour. I did wonder whether this was going to happen. You know, obviously the news of his final Farewell tour, you would expect him to short, you know, bow out at Vicarage Road. You know, he, he had the, the last concert, he had actually raised money to sign Troy Deeney, so whether this is applied to sign Troy Deeney back from Birmingham City, I don't know. <laughs> uh, or another League One striker that we've never heard of, and he's going to be moulded into the next Troy Deeney, I will never know. But it's on the Sunday the 3rd of July, and he's also got a date for the 4th of July 2022. Uh, season ticket holders and regular match ticket buyers have been offered, um, offered priority for purchasing tickets for the for the shows fans who have qualified for pre-sale purchases uh, they'll commence at 10 a.m on wednesday december the 1st which is when we play chelsea uh, and they should have now received communication via email including details on how to register and verify their fan records ahead of ticket sales going live so if you're uh, i mean it's been all over social media so if you've not seen it then i you, You've been living under a rock, as far as I'm concerned. But um, yeah, if you if you want to go and you're a regular ticket buyer or you're a season ticket holder, check your emails because tickets are out in two days' time as we record this. You, you can uh, and see if you can get a ticket for that, Mike. Uh, do you know what? Someone asked me that. Uh, I think my boss asked me that when I when when it was announced because I told him that he was playing there. And obviously, Elton John's brill, and I think Elton John's great. You know, there's a few songs I've listened to his and. You know, who who hasn't really? Uh, and I, you know, Rocket Man, brilliant film. Uh, although the lack of Watford's sort of um, the, the lack of Watford's talking points in Rocket Man, uh, yeah, acknowledgement. That's the word I was looking for. Um, it really was disappointing. I don't think there was any. Come to think of it, um, no. I think I think he wore a yellow dressing gown. I think that was the only like yeah. Thing so about in film. yeah, a little bit disappointing. Uh, but I. I'm not a big enough fan to, to go and see him live in concert. Uh, it might shock a few people, but I don't actually know enough of his songs where um, if he was to do... Obviously, he does his recent stuff and then he will do his classics. I don't know if I'd know enough of his classics to to be there all night and sing along to every song. So Call yourself that, a Watford fan. Honestly, people probably listening to this thinking, what? Like, obviously, a classic you know, fan. I, I I just yeah well probably yeah, uh, he's just not my cup of tea. Uh, no no that's that's harsh actually. 
That is very harsh. I don't mean it like that. I just mean if I was given the opportunity to see him live, I probably wouldn't do because I'm I don't listen to his music enough. He's um, no Westlife for you then. He's no Westlife for me. If Westlife were Watford fans <laughs> and they bowed out at Vicarage Road, put me top of the list. Uh, How about you, James? Do I like Elton? Or yeah. Are you going to try and go? Yeah, definitely. I've, I've got my eye on, on the Sunday. So so hopefully, as long as I get picked in, in this ballot, that... Oh, they're doing a ballot going, yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure how, how the actual process works, to be honest. But as long as I actually get granted access, um, I've signed up with my fan ID and stuff. So hopefully, um, hopefully, yeah, I should be going to, to the Sunday one as long as I can get my hands on the ticket. And ben, what about you? Are you going? Yeah, I've registered my interest. So I'd like to do one of the dates. It's it's actually two weeks after I get married. So me oh, and my missus, yeah. it'll be like our wedding presents to each other if we manage to go. Um yeah. Because they're expensive, aren't they? Um, to How go watch Elton John. Um, well, James James was doing some investigating the other day, and he reckons the mm-hmm. O2 tickets for him for were about fifty quid. Um, but obviously, That's for like the resales, like a hundred and fifty, two hundred people pay silly prices, yeah, if don't you they? Wanted to buy a resale now. It's like as Ben said, it's like one hundred and fifty, two hundred quid. But you know, as, as long as you're buying, um, you know, an, an actual ticket from the beginning I think the O2 ones as you said I think they started from like 49.50 um, yeah but they're so probably it's, up it's in not, the gods no, probably but to be fair if, if I'm there I'm there to sort of yeah. be, be in the ground be in the atmosphere and you know I don't, I don't want to expect you know I, I'm an Elton fan but I wouldn't say I'm I'm absolutely desperate to see him live and you know I can't live my life without it it was nice <laughs> to be there so. I, think, I think that's what I was trying to say but like yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's very well put. See, I'm, I'm different. I don't think I could continue if I don't see Elton John. <laughs> exactly. It'd ruin the whole thing. It would be a special occasion, especially with him coming to the end of his career, especially under the lights at Vicarage Road as well. It would just be a special night, wouldn't it, to see someone who, look, if it isn't for Elton John, Watford wouldn't be where they are today. Who would Absolutely. even know if Watford exists now? So hats off to Elton John and what he's done for his football club and bringing in Graham Taylor as well. So um, it would just be a fantastic time to actually go see him. I think it would be an amazing atmosphere. All the Watford fans getting together to see the number one Watford fan in all our eyes, really, isn't he? He's the biggest Watford fan out there. Whenever you speak to people, they always know who Elton John is, and they know Watford through Elton John, don't they? If you if you go abroad and say Watford, you you might get some people going, "Oh, yeah, Watford, Elton John." So, sorry, that was a really shit accent. <laughs> I usually get I usually get laughed at when I tell people I'm a Watford fan abroad, or I, I'm I'm met with "Who are they?" Um, yeah, so never mind. But no, I know what you're saying. It's it's brilliant and. That, those prices don't sound too bad, but I, I suppose it's been hard for music acts, you know, with COVID-19. Uh, a lot of them have, have been really hit hard, and I think there's also a problem with, with Brexit now. That it's not as easy to tour abroad. Um, I think Elton is a resident in the USA, so it might be easier for him. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not entirely sure, but um, yeah, the 50 quid's not too bad. It's... It, it would cost me more to go and see Westlife on their tour next year. I'm pretty sure the... Well, don't, the... don't quote me on that. Let's just wait and see what All oh, right, yeah. If, <laughs> basically, oh, no. if quite... they're not 50 quid, James will buy your ticket for you. 
James will pay for the extra like bit. Yeah. It's not like he's struggling for money, is it? He should he should give us Watford fans a discount, really. He should, yeah. Uh, maybe I want the cheapest show. Didn't it say on the website that it would be affordable? Well, it depends what you constitute as affordable, really. Yeah, you southerners. Twenty um, quid. You, you have you have much sort of higher living. Um, so yeah, you to to you to you like down south, affordable to you is probably. Uh, the tickets are only hundred twenty quid. Um, whereas us up north, we like. 20 quid that's a that's a lot of money we've been working a, a, a long time for that so yeah it's um i'm sure listen i'm sure he'll do do something affordable for the club uh it'd be interesting to see as well if any of that money actually goes back to the club um i, I suppose we're not in a position as such where we we would need it as as much as we did last time we did it but um maybe he will want to give the money to some something or yeah, maybe we could buy a centre back maybe yeah or maybe he could uh, name the Vicarage Road ends the voices of the weekend and um, wow, that, maybe absolutely incredible that would that would maybe he could just sponsor the podcast yeah exactly off the back of because we're really expensive aren't we so maybe off we... the back of a concert £150 a ticket yeah. He could just be able to afford to sponsor the podcast. Absolutely, you get what twenty odd thousand in a hundred and fifty pound a ticket. Um, yeah, mm. I, he would just just be close. He'd, he'd yeah. shave through. Just look, we, we would negotiate. We, Absolutely, because like, it's Elton. I reckon the deal could be made. Absolutely, and we're we're really pushing this as well. Like we we've spent a large chunk talking about this. Um, so if Elton or his I don't know. Representatives are listening. Um, hit us up on uh, on the DMs, and, you know, uh, we'll, we'll... especially with the millions of listeners that that we get each week, that that does 100%. command quite a high fee. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, yeah, you know it makes sense, Elton. Drop us a DM, so. Um, and then the last bit of news: talking of Watford legends, um, you'll be able to see one if you go into the game on Wednesday. So, Troy Deeney is going to be at Vicarage Road to sign copies of his book, Troy Deeney, Redemption, My Story. By the way, I was like one of the first people to get this book somehow. That's not me gloating, by the way. That's me. Of course like, you puzz- were. Puzzled Here we go again. No, no. No, puzzled as to how that actually happened. Oh, I would put it on social Biggest media. Troy Deeney fan. Oh, <laughs> he lives around the corner from me. He doesn't because I live in Nottingham. So, ha. Um no, but I put it on social media when I got it, and I was like, how have you got it already? And I was like, I don't know. Um, I've still not finished reading it. Like, I, I was reading it for, like, weeks and weeks, and not weeks and weeks, because I'd have finished it, but I was reading it for, like, quite a few days in a row, getting a load of chapters done in a day, and uh, it's just been sat on top of my, uh, <laughs> on top of my chest of drawers, so... <laughs> I could do one better, mate. Yeah? You've not started I haven't even it. started it. Brilliant. Okay. <laughs> There we go then. Uh, but yeah, he's he's signing copies of his book. I don't know whether that means if you've got a book, you can take it down and he'll sign it, or whether he, I think the club shop actually sell the book. So whether you have to just I buy the book. Um, I think I read it earlier actually. I, I think we can confirm that. I, I think on the website they said it was only copies brought on the day that that he would be signing. Do you know what? I I don't know where we would be without you for these little snippets of information. I was just talking about the much. Elton John ticket here. 
the Elton John ticket insurance. You're spot on there, James. That is why you're here. That is why you're involved in this <laughs> podcast. You. Yeah, just for the topics <laughs> at the you. end. Thank I just you. ask you questions just to keep you, you know, invested. Um, but no, um, thank you for clearing that up. Um, so yeah, he'll. Um, it'll be his first return to Vicarage Road since he left after making over 400 appearances uh, and moving to his boiled side, Birmingham City. Uh, 11 years of service for us. And, uh, yeah, he'll be in the Hornets shop from 4 till 6pm prior to the game. And then he, he's going to be a special guest of the club for the game as well. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, it's going to be, you know, I'm sure he'll get a good reception, hopefully. Um, I, I feel a bit sorry for him at the moment because he... Uh, I'm in a lot of group chats with with mates back home and um, diehard Blues fans, and uh, they they will not stop sort of slagging him off. They they don't think he's any good whatsoever, which I think is a bit harsh to be honest. Um, but we all thought the same last season. Uh, no, not we. Let's not extend it to we, please. Um, James did. Yeah, James. James got a stern telling off for slagging off Troy Deeney on this podcast, as oh, will anyone. Well, I think you're over-exaggerating it a bit there, but, but whatever. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we've... Uh, we've <laughs> the topics, right, there, there was only like a couple of sentences of the topics that Ben puts together for me and he sends over, but they took quite a while, uh, and that's to me going on and on and on, so apologies as per... I say that every week. Um just before we go, um, obviously we have got two games. The, the the December games get a bit weird. You know, we start having midweek games. So as I've mentioned a couple of times already, uh, you'll be listening to this on Monday night or Tuesday morning, whether wherever whenever you choose to listen to it. Um, so we we are recording on a Monday. So Wednesday coming up, we are at home to Chelsea. That's uh, going to be live on Amazon Prime. So if you've got Amazon Prime, you just need to go onto the website uh, or if you've got a Fire Stick, just log onto the Amazon app and you'll be able to watch it there as well because this is where the Amazon games start. Uh, and then we're on Sky, I think with a 5.30 kickoff on Saturday at, uh, at home to Man City, um, much to the joy of many Watford fans. So yeah, um, two, two nice easy games coming up. You're not going to hear from us till next Sunday, though, or possibly Monday. Uh, we're, we're going to be recording, hopefully, on Sunday evening. Uh, it just depends on when when us free are free on the Sunday because uh, of various plans, etc. But, um, yeah, so we're, what we're going to do is we're going to do a podcast, which might be a little bit longer because we're going to be talking about the Chelsea game and then we're going to be talking about the Man City game as well. Um, so if you don't hear from us after Wednesday, uh, straight away, don't panic. We will still be coming back. We're just going to kill two birds with one stone and such and uh, and talk about it all on the Sunday. So, um, so yeah, we, um, we, we're we sorry we couldn't chat about a, a, a win. Uh, we, we obviously always have fun chatting about wins, but we, we try and we try and go off a tangent a bit when we lose because it's it, it's never great dwelling on a loss too much so we, we try and have a laugh with it so hopefully you've enjoyed it uh, it is a little bit longer than than um than our usual podcast but yeah let us know your thoughts uh, once you've listened and uh stay safe and come on you horns <laughs>
Social Podcast Network.